5 o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirate. Big uh, packed and stacked show today uh, here for the drive home. It's it's my Friday, Ben. Hey, girl, hey. It's my Friday. You know what that means? Post-show Cosmos, the Friday tradition. PGIW. Yes. I had to figure out what you were getting at there. Um, we've got uh, Brian Moe will talk some uh, Final Four. Uh, Kirk Kraft, the coach of uh, ECU track and field and cross country. Man's a hardworking man. He coaches six different teams, Ben. He's going to be uh, here in the house. We're going to talk to him about uh, the big Bill Carson Invitational. It's the annual track event that ECU hosts. It's coming up this weekend. So we'll get into all that. Uh, were you a little blurry-eyed this morning? Yeah, for you, sure. You were here anchoring the scoreboard. Considering what happened late. last night, yeah. Yeah. So I think when we go back and we look at uh, everything, we'll have we'll be able to look at this and say, all right, the, the Pirates, this was a turning point on the season for them. Because, Ben, I think it's fair to say the last couple of weeks, ECU's been a little up and down. Wouldn't, would you agree with that? Now, yeah, no doubt, especially on the bats. Fabulous record. Winning games despite being a little up and down. And you're not going to be perfect. We all know that. But they'd gone to Wilmington and got hammered. Uh, They went to Chapel Hill the next week and got drubbed. And then they get, uh, they get, uh, they get, they get um, beat two to one at Elon last Saturday. Now, granted, in between, they've won games. They've won, you know, they've got sweeps. They just decimated. Elon on the uh, first game of that series last week. They probably played their most complete game of the year. 15 nothing, 11 strikeouts. Uh, 18 strikeouts as a staff. Starter gives you 11. So, I mean, I think, you know, certainly this team has shown flashes of absolute dominance and brilliance. But last night needed to be the game that they won in order to find themselves in a uh, position to maybe host a Super Regional. Because there's not going to be a ton of time. Trent McGee, McGee on sports, tweeted something out last night that tweeted the that had the record of the American sub five hundred. Oh yeah. And look, I know certain teams have played challenging schedules, but you're just not going to get a whole lot of RPI opportunities beyond that. On what was it? Three different occasions, the Pirates were down four runs last night. Yep, you got it. And came back and won. Do we? Did we? Do we just have the comments? Or do we have any hot? Do we have a highlight like the final call? Do we? Were we able to get that the final call? If we don't have it, that's fine. I just was, uh, you know, that was sort of the big play. Um, uh, but let's uh, hear from Coach Godwin. He talked about this team coming back, uh, multiple deficits. And look, I'm not going to lie to you, Ben. When it was ten six, I thought, okay, 
Then it became 10-8 off the one swing of the bat. Oh, this is interesting all of a sudden. Then it becomes 10-10. When the game started, it started off oh, pretty ugly. Oh, that's true, too. Yeah. Yes, we, with all the late-game heroics, we tend to forget that things did not start out very well. And look, I, I'm not going to lie, I was a little surprised at that because the Tar Heels had come off a bad set of losses against NC State. This is Coach Godwin talking about the multiple rallies in the win last night, 11-10, over UNC Chapel Hill. It was awesome. Really proud of our guys. We actually had a Zoom call with Evan Kurzinski at 2 o'clock, and I talked to Cruz on Sunday. And it's amazing, all these older guys that are just following us and watching every pitch and, you know, the struggles he's had in pro ball. And he actually had a really good spring training, just talking about the mental game to our guys and and really how much it meant to him to play at East Carolina and be a part of a Super Regional. And um, I'm getting chills talking about it because – I think we should give Cruz a call and give him some credit for the way the guys fought tonight. And uh, i just really proud. A ton of guys came off the bench and, and did their job. Um, so, really good win. Uh, wasn't real fun until the end, but, hey, we, we found a way to win. So, happy Cliff Godwin. What does this win mean for his team? The only thing it does for us, no, no offense, I mean, North Carolina's a great team, is it shows our offense we can come from behind and, and win games. Um I said this to our team last week, and I'm telling everybody in the Empire Nation that if we'd have lost tonight, it wouldn't have broke our season. And if we win tonight, it doesn't mean we're going to win the national championship just like last week. But our guys competed tonight and responded to some adversity. I mean, you get down four runs, whatever you guys said a couple times, it's, it's just hard. And I thought our guys did a really good job of focusing on just winning one pitch, one guy get on, and then just keeping the chain together. Doesn't make or break uh, the season, but what it does, it does help with when they're deciding, you know, things like RPI. Because with the conference, you know, now look, you win the conference, you're a conference champion. ECU's got a chance to win a lot of conference games. I think these four game weekends are going to be pretty challenging, even for a team that has the pitching depth of ECU and, and the explosive bats potentially that the Pirates do have. But I, I just. Last night was big. It, it gives you that win over a high RPI team, over a top 25 caliber team. And uh, it did catch the uh, attention of some of the national people. So that was uh, that was one reason why it was very important last night. But I, I do agree with Coach there. It's not a make or break. So what, uh, Connor, go ahead. What were you going to say? I was going to say, you're going to be playing a team coming up in Cincinnati. They just beat seventh ring Louisville. So, I mean, you're well, going to have some true, tough ben. challenges ahead. Very Even good. though the conference is a little down this year. Yeah. It's going to be a tough town well, challenge for sure. Let's transition to uh, looking ahead to entering conference play starting tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, you guys talk about a gauntlet. It's it's four games, but we're not playing in the middle of the week. And it's nothing different than we did in 19. You just got to take it one game at a time. You can't look at the longevity of the weekend. You can't worry about game four when you're in game one. Um, you just got to focus on winning the first pitch and go from there. And if you get tired, we'll get somebody else in the game. So, our guys have been trained to, to go through a tough stretch, and they just got to physically and mentally keep preparing themselves like they've done up until this point. All right. So was that Ric Flair at the end? That's what it sounded like there. Didn't H get into the uh, to the clubhouse there at the end? That's what it kind of sounded like to me. Nate getting into the baseball offices there. Um, Connor Norby was sensational last night. What was he, four to six? What a game. Uh, Connor Norby. Cliff Godwin on uh, him. I, I don't know. I know Norby is is one of the best. You know, uh, I said this earlier. Packard, you know, a couple weeks ago had said, "Hey, 
you ever seen anybody hotter than Connor Norby? And I said, yeah, you and 18 when you were leading off with a home run every time. So um, he's done a really good job, and, and Norbs has just done what he's supposed to do. And when his mind is right, he's special. Um, he played really good defense today as well. Um, but he sets the table for our guys, and then our guys kind of feed off him when he's rolling. The big hero, Alex Makarovich. Makarovich. Did I not say it right? Butchered it. I knew I would. You know what? Because you you got in my head there. Makarovich. I knew that. But you got in my head because you started with this Batumba Baruti nonsense in my ear. Ben mocks me off No, there was a confidence issue there. I mean, look. Saying it's Batumba Baruti. It's Alec Makarovich. Makarovich. Believe in yourself, P-Man. Hey, Mac. Not good with the names. Not good with the names. Uh, he was the hero of the game last night. Everybody knew his name last night. He was the hero of the game. Uh, he talked about the clutch play at the end. Uh, it was just pure adrenaline, but I'm just happy that we were able to get the bases loaded, so that helped relax me a little bit with one out. And just went on from there. Just stayed in the moment. Makarovich on the win. I think Coach Godwin gave us a really good approach today. And all our guys stuck to it, so it just helped keep the chain together. It was a great day. A lot of excitement last night, and uh, now you turn it around. They've reshuffled the schedule a little bit. Nothing really changes tomorrow. Four o'clock first pitch uh, from uh, Clark LeClaire Stadium. Uh, And then Friday changes a little bit. Friday's game will start at four. It was originally scheduled for one because they were going to play the doubleheader that day, but now they've moved the doubleheader to Saturday. So the Pirates will play at four Thursday, four Friday, and then one Saturday with the doubleheader following about uh, 45 minutes after the first game is complete. So that's the uh, weekend setup now. I saw the email. Was there was it a weather-related thing? Weather. Weather? Yep. There you go. Too cold, basically. Is that right? That's what they said. Too cold. Didn't they do that a couple years? Didn't they do that last year or the year before? Because it was snowing. There was snow. No, but it was, yeah. one night it was cold and they did that. I thought when they were down at Elon or Campbell, one of the two. Not baseball weather. I guess not. So it is supposed to be cold. I was looking at the forecast here, and there is a freeze watch from Thursday night to Friday morning. So that's. You can go fishing this weekend, ruin my plans. Well, it's going to be all right. I mean, could you put up a little bit of chill on uh, Saturday morning? Nope. Nope. Okay. Uh, raining right now in Greenville, and uh, we're looking at a, a low tonight of 50, 80% chance of showers and storms tonight, and that uh, continues into the early morning hours tomorrow, then down to 30% as the day goes on. Uh, temps are going to bottom out. We got up near 80 today, down to 54. Thursday, 31 for the low, and then sunny and 47 Friday. 29 Friday night, Ben. Uh, and then sun, Saturday, a high of 56, high of 70 on Sunday. You can go Sunday on Easter. Yeah, Sunday's all right. Yeah. Where you go? You have a fishing hole? Yeah. At my place. Oh, is that where you go? Yeah. Wait a minute. So you're just rolling out the back door and going fishing? Yeah. You got two ponds out there. Well, why don't you just, I mean, what's to keep you from fishing during the day Saturday? Then? It's too cold. Uh, that, you... Fishing when it's 40 degrees out? Is that is that what you do? Wait a minute, what is Squirrelbot in there running his trap about? He's saying I should fish off the porch or something. Yeah. I don't know what he's talking about. Bring a heater or something and then fish off the porch out of your house or something. 
how far is this pond from the back uh, of the house? You can walk out there. I mean, it's, it's a good little well, walk, no, I, but okay, but I mean, it's not like right off of it. No, it's not right you off. Don't the live house. on the pond, squirrel bot. You can't. House to be that. flooded. I'll wake uh, up and be underwater. But you're too uh, pampered to walk out there and fish in a little bit of chilly no, weather on no, Saturday afternoon. No. It's going to be sunny. I mean, you don't fish when it's cold out. I mean, unless you're, I don't know, unless you're wicked tuna or something. Well, aren't you doing it kind of for the sport and the relaxation anyway? Yeah. Yeah. All right. We're uh, going to grab a break. All I'm saying is cold weather doesn't scream relaxation to me. It screams problems. Does issues. It? Does it? My nose gets all stuffed up. I can't, I can't deal with well, it. Well, caused issues, obviously, uh, with the baseball. The baseball, yeah. Weekend. See, they know. They know what's up. No. Don't want to play in that cold weather unless you have to, I guess, right? Uh, temps already cooling to our west, so the front is uh, pushing through, and uh, the bottom will drop out. 77 currently in Greenville. Uh, 79 over in Little Washington. And uh, like we said, rain is falling right now. Uh, we'll break. When we come back, uh, first of two guests we have uh, today, Kirk Kraft, our friend from ECU Track and Field. They've got a big event coming up this weekend. They're going to be out doing track and field activities, Ben. They're not worried about the cold. Tough. You can't, They're tough. You can't even fish. Unreal. Unreal. Unbelievable. No track and field athlete, no, as you can tell. You, you are far from a track and field athlete. We'll have Coach Kraft evaluate what you would be good for on the track and field team when he comes. Come on, shock putt. Look, look at these guns right here. All right, we'll just save it for the show. Save it for the segment, Ben. Uh, time out. Come back. Uh, Coach Kraft from ECU Track and Field in the studio. Then Brian Mull on the Final Four. Uh, all that still to come. Pirate baseball this uh, weekend getting moved around. Track and field having their big annual event Saturday. It's the Bill Carson Invitational. And uh, Coach Kurt Kraft is uh, the uh, longtime, I think the longest tenured coach at ECU. That's cool. all right. Howard, good to see you again. Thank you, Patrick. You doing all right? Yep. Appreciate you having me in. Good to have you. Uh, we've got uh, this big annual event. It's uh, the only track and field event that the Pirates host uh, each year. And uh, it's going <coughs> on out at the uh, it's the Johnson uh, Complexes, yep. the Johnson Field Complex. And uh, it's everything's starting at uh, 7.30 on uh, Saturday morning. Good to see you, though. How's everything? How's the season going so far? Well, as you know, it's everything has been challenging during this pandemic in collegiate sports. But um, a year ago at this time, we didn't have this meet. They canceled right, it. Right, yeah. And... Yeah. You know, we um, we had an indoor season last year, but mm-hmm. it was right. I, I know exactly where I was at when they canceled that um, that season. It was uh, it was Thursday, March twelfth. We were right. at the indoor national championships with Ryan Davis. We'll talk about him in a second here, but they canceled the NC indoor championships, and uh, from that point, everything was downhill. And then they canceled the outdoor season last year, so we didn't have this meet last year. So. Uh, had it in 19, didn't mm-hmm. have it in 20, so here we are in 21. And it has uh, kind of been a, it's, it's an annual tradition. Who are the, uh, outside of the Pirates, who's participating? In? As you know, we, um, our athletic administration isn't allowing multi-team competitions, mm-hmm. multi-team. So that's why uh, baseball, when they had that uh, Keith LeClaire, right, right. you know, okay. the, the classic, it was just one team. Mm-hmm. Softball, as you know, um, I think they played um, Ohio University mm-hmm. or something a number of weeks ago. Um, 
they usually have uh, invitation right. tournament. So you have four teams in track. We usually have four or five, yeah. but one team, and it's UNCW. So we were allowed oh. to have one team. A little bit of a rivalry. Yeah, there you go. Our neighbors to the our neighbors to the south. All right. Uh, so this is exciting. They asked me who I wanted to um, invite, and I thought, well, we need to be neighborly. Right. And so we asked Wilmington to come up and. And they're good friends of ours. So it's a dual meet between us and Wilmington. Okay, so everything starts at 7.30 uh, on a Saturday. Oh, spectators are allowed back into things. How is this going to kind of be handled with? Same way as everybody else. It's right. limited. They gave okay. us 300 spectators. And of that 300, we gave uh, 40 to uh, UNCW. Mm-hmm. And then we got the other 260. Okay. But it's also senior day. I so mentioned that here. Yeah, our be seniors will be recognized. We have 13 seniors. We have 12 women and one and one male. So they're going to invite their families, and that's going to take up a good chunk of those tickets. So we're probably roughly going to have about 200 tickets to give to the rest of the team. Okay. But it's limited. Right. Point is, though, that the families can come in and watch the only uh, home meet of the year. You got it. Yeah, I got it. Uh, Coach Kurt Kraft is uh, with us uh, here. Uh, and uh, the big track and field event uh, for the legendary Bill Carson, it's the Bill Carson Invitational. You worked with uh, Coach Carson. Yep, uh, for two years. Um, I came to East Carolina University in t- 2005, and um, I was fortunate enough to work with Coach Carson for for two seasons. I was with him for the 05, 06, um, and the 06, 07, and then he stepped down in the fall of, of 07 and retired, so I had taken over for him and became the director of track and field for men and women um, back in uh, October of uh, 7. He is uh, <clears throat> an ECU, Hall of, uh, ECU Athletics Hall of Fame coach, Carson is too. So, uh, Correct. One of the real good guys. Boy, he was at ECU a long time. Ago. I want to say it was 40-plus years, yeah. um, you know, 42 or 43 years, and um, I think that would define uh, the word legend. Yeah, no, absolutely, and, and a nice guy to boot uh, too. Uh, but you've been here a right good while as well. So. I am completing my 16th season. So starting wow. next year is my 17th season. And um, as you mentioned earlier at the top there, I am the longest tendered coach. Not Currently. sure if that's good or bad. Right, but, yeah. Uh, but Well, you all have made a nice home in Greenville. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, and I'll say this about Coach Kraft. Uh, a big ECU fan. You go to a lot of the games. So outside you, of your events, yeah. Well, thank you, thank you for noticing that. I think it's important that we support each other, and uh, you know, I support men's basketball and women's basketball, and uh, Jason and soccer, and mm-hmm. Courtney and softball. So I think that's really important that that we do that. And when you get to be my age, uh, you know, your your children are growing, and your wife doesn't want you around the house that much. Right. So you so you go to the games. Go to the games. I don't want you anywhere near the house. Yeah, we know this. Take her with too. Yeah. Oh, she'll go. Oh, okay. yeah. All right. Yep, Miss Nancy. But occasionally, uh, you get to venture out on a on a guy's trip to these uh, home games, right? Yeah, abs- absolutely. She's had enough. She she says, "Get out of the house. <laughs> go to a game today." Takes the boot. Yeah, you go to a lot of uh, you go to the football games. As absolutely, well. I know you and your wife do. So, yeah, uh, that's that's uh, pretty cool. How you know, you've got how many kids overall among the different teams? Because there's an indoor season, an outdoor season, plus cross country that all fall under your purview. Yep. Uh, so how many kids do you have kind of on those rosters combined? We have uh, 76 athletes. Wow. So it's the second largest roster if you Correct. combine all the sports behind behind football. Yeah. We have roughly 50-plus women and about 25-plus men. So how, 76. how have you all dealt with uh, 
the testing and uh, you know the bubble and that yep. sort of thing. Same way we uh, we get tested once a week with the PCR. Okay. And in fact, that was today. Okay. Uh, so we have to test 72 hours prior to the event, mm-hmm. and then you get the results back tomorrow morning. And if somebody unfortunately tests positive, then uh, you know they're out. Right. And the the other side of that is the contact tracing part of it too. Uh, yep. It's funny you bring that up. So when we travel, we have to. Um, have assigned seats on the bus. Mm-hmm. We load the back of the bus first and front of the bus last. And right. whoever you sit with on the bus, that's your roommate um, in the hotel. Gotcha. And if we're taking a 15-passenger van, it's the same way. you got to wear masks. Um, so to your point, if there is somebody that tests positive on that bus, then they do the contact tracing, and the whole bus doesn't get um, um, shut down. Yeah. Okay. Uh, give me an idea about the uh, the kids uh, that are on the ride. I mean, who should uh, Pirate fans kind of be on the lookout for this uh, weekend? Absolutely. Probably the face of the program, and I hate to use that uh, analogy, but is Ryan Davis, mm-hmm. a kid from Pine Forest High School out of Fayetteville, North Carolina. Right. Fifth-year guy, uh, COVID guy. He's the guy that qualified for the Indoor National Championships in the weight last year, in the weight throw, 35-pound weight, and uh, thing got canceled. He um, came back because he wanted to finish this thing out. So he's been training um, all year long to do the outdoor season. And here we are now. So he's put a lot of time in, a lot of effort in, and he is going to be somebody to watch. In fact, our first meet was just down in Columbia, South Carolina last weekend. Right. And Ryan Davis set two school records in the hammer and the discus. Okay. And uh, right now, currently, he is like number three in the nation. Yeah. In the in the men's hammer, yeah. Um, so Ryan is going to continue to have a great season. On the women's side, you know we've got people that are like Dania Freeman, we've got Naomi Whitaker, we've got Shelby Chapman. Um, you know we've got Tavia Ranger. We're a real balanced team on the women's side. We cover all of the events. On yeah. the men's side, we're a limited. Uh, we're we're a little bit limited with numbers. We don't have as many male numbers as we do female numbers. But on the women's side, I would. The word balanced is yeah. the word. We cover all the events. Let me ask you this real quick, Coach. Um, you know, as far as um, the league and all that, how's that being? Because I know the indoor season got uh, ended up not happening. That's correct. So uh, how are things kind of stacking up with the conference? What are your prospects for getting, you know, uh, well, obviously you're going to participate in the conference meet, assuming that there there is one kind of at the end of the year, but – you know, individuals going out of that possibly to the NCAAs, that sort of yep. thing. Can you cover that gamut for us? Absolutely. And, um, Patrick, we were a little bit um, – what's the word? We were very disappointed when the American Athletic Conference canceled our indoor track and field championships, uh, which was held in Birmingham. It's mm-hmm. at a neutral neutral site. And what was disappointing about that, it's over with now. It's water under the bridge. Sure. Um, but other conferences continued to host their indoor championships – but our league decided not to do it. Well, didn't you go up to Liberty and participate? You got it, with, yeah. a, with a little handful of people. So um, to yeah, we're a little bit shy. We're thinking, man, they better not do that for the outdoor. Right. But yeah. you're a little bit gun shy, yeah. So, uh, which is not going to happen. That's in Tampa and you, at USF. Okay. About six weeks from now, we leave it in, in so the so far, so good. So far, so good. Right, yeah. Absolutely. Um, but these kids are so excited to be back out there competing. So when you get to the conference meet, um, you know, you 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 qualify strictly through numbers. So from there, you go on to the regionals. Okay. If you 
you know, hit a certain mark. Right. Um, but you can have individuals if the team doesn't qualify. Absolutely. For the That's correct. Yeah. And okay. we're going to have regional qualifiers. You oh, know, great. we've got a great male triple jumper, mm-hmm. um, Ryan. We mentioned uh, we should have a really good four by one men's team. Um, on the women's side, we're going to have regional qualifiers probably in the relays. We're going to have regional qualifiers, hopefully in the 400 hurdles. How are you so all going to do in the 4x4? Four four? That's the most exciting race. In the, um, do you like the 4x4 four four better than the 4x1? Four the 4x4, four four, you know, that's the one lap around. And the I four like by the 4x4. Four four. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm the four, I'm a, that's the most exciting race in track, right? Yeah, well, it, that, that, that race. The relays. The, relay. of, the relays in general are the most exciting. Yeah. The 4x4. Four um, four. You know, it, when you think of Olympics, you think of 4x1s. Right. That's what you think okay. of. Okay, all right. And, but both relays are very, uh, very, very exciting. They're different, in, in um, but they're a lot alike. Obviously, they're a lot alike because we're passing batons, but sure. they're a lot different in that. The Who's four, your anchor? Who are the anchors? The four by four it th- is a lot of heart. Uh huh. And you got to be ready to go. Right, who are the physically. anchors uh, on the four by four? You know, we switch those up. Okay. Depending on. Uh, you definitely wouldn't anchor it. No. Um, Patrick. How about Ben? You know, we were talking in the break. Ben about would be a great out of the blocks guy running the first turn. You think so? Yeah. He looks yeah. more fleet of foot than he is. We that means put I'm fast, you right? at second. Yes, that means well. Yes, but again, looks are deceiving. Yeah, I'd want to pop. Uh, I'd want to pop off Ben, and then um, probably run you second. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Because that's the longest leg, Ooh. leg two, yeah, yeah. and you got to run. That's called the back stretch. Right. Yeah, I know. The home stretch is right. is I'm is, aware. is I'm aware. you know coming up to the finish yeah. line. Home stretch, back stretch. Right. We put you on the back stretch, Patrick, because you're away from the fans, and there's no fans along that. I'll That's take good. it the whole way, Coach. Don't worry about it. He said Ben says he can handle the whole thing, so you don't have to worry so about it. So just do instead of a four by one, mm-hmm. it'd be a one by one. It'd be a Ben by all. <laughs> That's what it would be. All right, this weekend, uh, Bill Carson Invitational, uh, seven thirty. Things will get rolling out there, and uh, all the events will be taking place. Uh, the big thing is to try to be there around one if you want to see the seniors be recognized. Uh, that is about the time that's uh, going to happen. Good to see you. It's not going to be too cold for you all. You all are going to go out hey, there. Hey, hold on there. You, do you, ben you, won't go fishing in you, the cold. Well, Ben, do you know where I'm from? Up north for sure. Yeah, yeah. North north Dakota. North Dakota. Oh, okay. Yeah. And this is to hear you for coach. Yeah. And when I hear you that you don't want to go fishing when they it's 44 degrees. You probably went ice fishing growing we, up. Ben. We would go ice fishing in yeah. North Dakota when see? it was, you know, at 50 below. Right. They Did you know in North Dakota they have to they have to distinguish between above and below? So if it's middle of summer and it's ninety degrees, you'll hear the North Dakotans say it's ninety degrees above zero. Wow! Because there, it, does it ever get ninety say, above? Yeah, okay. but very short lived. Sounds like a but nightmare. There, <laughs> but there does. you have to either say it's above zero or below zero. Because zero is the normal temp. Yep. Wow. Well, no, it's not the normal temp, but you don't want to well, get the way you were confu- talking. You don't want to get people confused. Uh, Coach, good to see degrees. you. Good to see you, and uh, good luck this weekend, Patrick. I always appreciate you having me in here. Well, it's fun to have you stop by, uh, Ben Byram. You ready for your update? We're going to go to Brian Mull on the other side, uh, and uh, we'll talk some Final Four. Do you have a national champion pick in hoops, Coach? Quick, Gonzaga. Okay, Drew oh, Timmy. Sorry, He's Houston. Deal. Drew Timmy, yeah. Wish Houston. Great stash. No, I, I would like to see Houston. And Houston might get to the final game, but I, I think Gonzaga's the... Is it Gonzaga or Gonzaga? I say Gonzaga or Gonzaga. They call him the Zags. They call him the Zags. It's got to be Zaga, Gonzaga, right? Yeah. Where I'm from. What is what is their mascot? Bulldogs. Ah, uh, there everything. you go. Ben's Gets adopted him. Ben's adopted... Well, Ben, you know what Ben is? A little bit of a uh, bandwagon hopper, so he's, oh, hopped, on, he's on. hopped on the Zags bandwagon. Nah, come on. All right, Ben with an update, and then uh, Brian Mull. Coach, great to see you. Thanks for it's popping It's Gonzaga. By.
Thank you, Coach. All right, uh, we'll. Uh, well, they're up. They're actually closer to Idaho than they are anything, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Yeah, they're not too far from Eastern Washington. Right. Yeah, they're in that part of Washington. They're in. Well, like, Eastern Gonzaga is in Pullman. I mean, in uh, Spokane. Yeah, but it's I mean, the, it's it's closer to Idaho than it is. Correct. It's it's on the, the Idaho, Pacific Ocean. It's right? on the Idaho Washington border. Right, but I mean, it's closer. Correct. Yeah, all right. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. In it's Washington. in Western Washington. In Washington. Idaho's out of the equation. Get over it. No, it's in... It is in it's in no, Western Washington. It's, in, it's, it, it's on the border between Idaho and Washington. Right. That's what I was saying. No, yeah. Idaho's got the vandals. No, they I don't, understand they don't, that. They don't I'm just Gonzaga. making the point Gonzaga's closer to Idaho. Correct. That's, all, that's my point. Correct. It's Washington, all right? I don't know what... It we, is. we don't care about Idaho. It is, but Idaho's I'm just saying it's, clo- it's closer Potatoes to Idaho than them. it is Seattle, right? Absolutely. See, it's across right. the state. He fished for ice up there or something sometime. <laughs> all right, here's Ben Byron with an update. Ben Byron here for your 94th of the game sports update. We start with Pirate Baseball, of course, as they were able to secure a thrilling 11-10 victory over the UNC Tar Heels, thanks in large part to Alec Makarevich, who had a walk-off RBI on the bottom of the ninth. Here's the clutch sophomore talking about that play. Uh, it was just pure adrenaline, but I'm just happy that we were able to get the bases loaded, so that helped relax me a little bit with one out. And just went on from there, just stayed in the moment. Speaking of Pirate Baseball, they'll face a motivated Cincinnati team who just pulled off an extra inning upset over 7-3 Louisville last night. The game times for ECU series against Cincinnati has been moved. They'll start tomorrow at 4, Friday at 4, and their doubleheader has been moved to Saturday starting at 1. March Madness is officially set for this Saturday. Kelvin Sampson and second-seeded Houston take on top-seeded Baylor at 5-14, and Drew Timmy and top-ranked Gonzaga will take on the 11th-seeded UCLA Bruins at 8-34. Baylor opens up as the five-point favorite over the Cougars with the over-under at 134.5. And, and Gonzaga, of course, open as the 14-point favorites with the over-under at 145. From the NFL, Seattle gives wide receiver Tyler Lockett a four-year extension worth $69.2 million. Quarterback Colt McCoy signs a one-year deal with the Cardinals. And the Deshaun Watson controversy gets a little more interesting. 18 women have come out and defended the quarterback in public statements, while two more filed lawsuits bring the total accusers and lawsuits to 21 overall. From, the college, from college football, former SMU and Arkansas head coach Chad Morris has taken an interesting gig as he's become the new head coach of a Texas high school powerhouse called Allen High School. And from the NBA, the Charlotte Hornets sit as the fourth seed in the East. Bet you didn't know that, by the way. Guard Terry Rozier was recognized by the league as the Eastern Conference Player of the Week after averaging 24 points per game, 5.3 rebounds, and 5.5 and assists. Here 94 through the game sports update. I'm Ben Barman. Greenville's top sports show is back. Well, isn't that special? The Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. The fifth 11 seed making it to the final four in NCAA tournament history. Brian Mull, we welcome him in. Uh, he writes about college basketball, part of Joe Lenardi's team. He leaves on uh, Good Friday for Augusta, and I hope we'll be talking to him from Augusta National next week. Uh, same bat time, same bat channel, perhaps. We'll, 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 uh, my people will call his people. Uh, Brian Mull joining us uh, here. All right, here's a, here's a list for you, Mull. UCLA joins LSU, VCU, George Mason, and Loyola Chicago as uh, 11 seeds to make the Final Four. 
It's quite a list. All of those in the last 15 years. Yeah, that's true. Uh, 19th Final Four in Bruins history. So uh, there we go. I, I, I only I, Confession, I only made it to halftime. I, I, I felt the game would probably stay kind of close, but it just was it was, a, it was a rock fight last night, but that's what Mick Cronin wanted. Definitely. Um, the only chance they had was to control. I mean, he's got a short bench uh, and, and control the game on the defensive end, and they did a terrific job of that. They really frustrated the Wolverines, and, and Johnny Juzang uh, just continued to to have one of the best tournaments we've seen. I mean, you look at this UCLA team going from the first four to the final four, becoming the second team to do that. Uh, they were down 11 points to, of all teams, Michigan State. How uh, coincidental is that? That uh, the Spartans, the Wolverines' dreaded rival, had had the Bruins buried in the first four game, and uh, UCLA snuck out of that trap and won that game in overtime, later beat Alabama in overtime, and uh, now have won five games. Uh, to get to the final four, uh, joining the 2011 VCU team, and 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 Johnny Juzang has just been unbelievable in this tournament. 28 points last night on 50 percent shooting, and a little better than 50 percent shooting. And uh, you know, his teammates only needed to score 23, and that was enough to get them uh, a date with the Zags. I find it kind of ironic, in a way, that you have the West Coast power. Traditionally, UCLA standing in the way of Gonzaga now in their march to get to the national championship game and, and ultimately uh, the, the goal of winning the national championship. They're, that's a sweet little piece of irony, isn't it? Yeah, the fact that the Zags have to go through USC and UCLA to, to get to the final game where everybody uh, has expected them to be basically since November – and, uh, you know, clearly the, the top two teams who could still meet. I mean, I think Gonzaga and Baylor were, were the top, top two teams. And, uh, yeah, interesting that they play UCLA. This is certainly not a vintage UCLA team, not a UCLA team that anybody expected uh, to last uh, more than a game or two in this tournament. But the, they have uh, they've found an identity on the defensive end. And, and they're just uh, relying on, you know, a couple of guys to get the buckets and uh, they're going to try to make it ugly. But I, I just don't see how that works. I think a lot of these teams go into the Gonzaga game wanting to slow them down, but then you're behind by 15 and you can't play them so slow at that point. Uh, Gonzaga, UCLA, 834 on Saturday night. The 514 game on Saturday. Uh, Houston out of the American and Baylor. So I was I was talking to somebody yesterday, and we reported this, uh, or I mentioned it on the show. I don't want to say how I reported it like I did some digging, but I mean I I had a, I was having a casual conversation that someone led me down the rabbit hole, and they had pretty good numbers as far as uh, the estimate went, and so we started to delve into that a little bit. But you know, for ECU and the American, Houston making it to the Final Four is a financial boon. I mean that's why, as this person told me. I don't understand why Wake Forest and state fans uh, hate Duke and UNC so much. Those programs have made a lot of money for uh, NC State and Wake Forest athletics with all those Final Four appearances in recent years. Uh, but um, you, you got uh, Houston and Baylor. Aside from the financial boon for the American and for the Cougars program, how do you see this game here? I, I think Houston can give Baylor fits. Uh, I think it's a, another low-scoring game. I mean, when you look at the four teams in the Final Four, uh, 
Houston, Baylor, and UCLA have all kind of hung their hat on the defensive end of being the tougher team that's going to control the glass and, uh, you know, control what type of shots you take. And, and then the Zags, everybody talks about their offense, but they're playing defense just as well um, from an efficiency standpoint as those three teams. So uh, these other teams are going to have to figure out a way to score enough. Uh, Houston Baylor is going to be, uh, you know, Houston's going to try to keep it in the 60s. I think Baylor is a little more comfortable if the game, uh, you know, gets closer to 70, but I don't think uh, they're going to be taking a lot of wild shots either. I think it'll be terrific. Uh, very, very comparable teams. I'm still uh, – you know, Baylor Baylor's been a great three-point shooting team all season. They've had a couple of off nights during this tournament in a big arena, a big dome on uh, on Saturday. Uh, could be due for another off night. I don't I don't know, if, uh, but their defense will certainly keep them in it. And uh, I think that that'll be a. I mean, in Vegas, it's probably going to be a one or two point. I mean, it's going to be a a, a very tightly contested game. Um, I would imagine. Brian Mole with us. We're talking uh, college ball with uh, him. He uh, joins us here on the Patrick Johnson uh, Show. Uh, out of these two games, uh, since we're not going to have a, an occasion to talk to you until after the national title game is over, give me your uh, semifinal winners and then what happens in the national championship game. Yeah, I'm just going to kind of stick with uh, what I've seen and was waiting for uh, somebody to show me something else all year. I think Gonzaga is going to roll over UCLA, and I think Baylor's going to win a tight one with Houston. I just think they have a, a little bit more offense and scoring when it comes down the stretch in that one, and they've been winning all season, and we'll find a way. And then uh, I think we're going to have a great national championship game, uh, epic. Uh, I have a feeling between the Zags and Baylor, but uh, the Zags come out on top and Mark Few gets his first national championship and his rightful place among the game's elite coaches. If if he wasn't there already, I don't know why all he's done is win 30 games five years in a row, but uh, he, he's one of, he's on the very short list of talking about 2021, who are the best coaches, not who has the best resume, not who has had the best career, but as far as who you want coaching your team in 2021, Mark Few is, is one of the three or four guys at the top of that list. Brian Mull uh, with us here. A couple things to hit you with before uh, we, we go, and uh, this is the big uh, the big one as far as the transfer portal goes. Uh, ECU, half dozen guys, uh, whatever the number is now, uh, in that Jalen Gardner, essentially, uh, from all indications, uh, the and, and there's some third party involved in this, but uh, schools start reaching out saying, hey, we understand Jaden Gardner is going to enter the transfer portal. Uh, so that inquiry takes place. Now, this is not to say that, uh, you know, that that's a two way street and all pro all college programs are doing this. I'm not trying to paint Joe Dooley and his group as uh, woe is me here. But uh, th- I mean, that is you cover. Uh, during the course of the year, a lot of mid-major uh, programs, you've gotten to know a lot of mid-major coaches. And right now, what's happening at the American level with ECU and, and even higher is the same thing that happens everywhere else and has been happening in recent years. The portal is allowing guys to recruit the leading scorer, the best players, from you know a low-major or mid-major team. Well, well, and, and this year we have not only the portal, which is fine. I have no problem with the portal. We have uh, a free year of eligibility. You just played a season that doesn't count against you. And for the first time ever, uh, although this has not been ruled on yet, although every, everybody's just assuming that it will be passed, 
the assumption that there's not going to be a penalty for sitting out as far as, you know, a transfer for sit, changing schools for a year. Like there's always been for the most part with some exceptions, certainly. But that was always the rule that you had to apply for a waiver for. Well, now they're just saying everybody's going to be able to transfer. So when, so when you have those things as a player, I understand why you want to look around. But it's interesting. I've talked to a couple of uh, mid-major assistants in recent, ga- recent days whose programs are kind of a, a different different places along the spectrum. One's a championship program. One's kind of trying to build it. And and the laws of supply and demand are kicking in on this portal because there's a lot of players out there who want to transfer. But, um, you know, in the past, if you were a high major, like Baylor, Baylor's constructed its roster with a couple of big South transfers among its top six, Teague and Flagler. Well, well now they'll be able to get a high major. You know, they may be able to get a transfer from uh, Tennessee or transfer from uh, Georgia because those guys are on the market, if, if you will, this year as well. So I think there's going to be a few players at the end of the day, they're going to be going back to their old coach begging for a spot and they may or may not be there. Uh, the, there there's just going to be a glut of players looking to transfer. And then when you factor in the, the high school seniors coming out, who've already signed or are looking to sign, there's only, there's only going to be so many spots. I don't know any basketball coach. I want 16 or 17 guys on his team. I've had several tell me we can barely keep 12 happy. And uh, they they've even think there should be a reduction of scholarships uh, now that nobody really red shirts and, and stays in the program five years. So, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how it all shuffles. I would just say if you're if you're waiting to see what the basketball lineup of your team is going to look like in 21-22 season, you're probably not going to know that until September. And, and don't feel alone. The coach probably won't know either. All right. So Jaden Gardner, and it's been reported that you know, a lot of uh, high major programs are interested in him. And look, Jaden's a, a, a great basketball player. I think he gets as much out of uh, his abilities. His motor never stops. To me, Jaden Gardner uh, is, is a sensational player. It was honored this year as a first-team performer, led the league in, in scoring, second in rebounding. I mean, it all makes, you know, great basketball player. Uh, is it going to wow you with his measurables? But gets the most out of out of what happens with that said he you know he's got to kind of he might could wind up somewhere where he's not the man so he does need to kind of pick where he's going to go now if he's if he's interested in contributing and winning and growing his game as we've heard you know he may not need to be the man but i mean ultimately you don't leave being from where you are the man unless you want to go somewhere else and believe you're going to be the man. This is not like a guy who's in his 15th year in the NBA chasing a ring. I mean, this is this is a guy who wants to get to the NBA. Uh, so he's got to be real careful where, where – but all these guys do, essentially. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, I agree with everything you said about Gardner. Thoroughly enjoyed watching uh, him play, his, his uh, effort, um, just his craftiness, ability to get the free throw line – but in reality, he's the best player on the ninth best team in the sixth or seventh best conference. And, and like you said, um, where can he go and still be the guy that takes the most shots? Uh, probably not up a level. I mean, I don't think he's going to the Pac-12 or the Big Ten or the ACC and being a guy who takes the most shots on any team that's trying to contend for anything. Uh, that's just reality. Now, does he want to go, or does he want to, you know, slide down to a, a contender in, in a, you know, well, what see, would be looked at as, as, a, as a slightly lower conference? Um, you know, that's that's, well, that's a the, decision he has to make. That's the thing; he's not sliding down. All, all reports are he's going somewhere in the ACC, the SEC, or, or maybe even the Big Twelve. 
and I just, you know, the, the programs that are that are interested in him, I mean, Virginia, there was a report yesterday uh, from a reporter tweeted out that, you know, he had a Zoom meeting with Tony uh, Bennett yesterday. Uh, fine and good. I mean, to me, I think his game maybe fits the Virginia pack line, uh, you know, possession style. But I, I just, I, I, the, the notion that he wants to win, okay, great. But the notion that uh, whoever's in Jaden's ear telling him you're going to go somewhere and be the man at that level, he might be. But I, I just, I, I, his aspirations are to go up, and that's fine. I, I'm not, I'm not here to knock the kid. I enjoyed watching him, and I, and I think he's a fine young man. I just, I, I wonder, and it kind of goes back to what you said. We've got more guys than we do spots right now. Oh, it's not even close. We're going to have, we're going to have sixteen or seventeen hundred players in the portal when it's all said and done. I mean, it's, it's growing every day. Jeff Borzello, ESPN.com follows recruiting and college basketball as close as anyone. He predicted 1500 when, when, you know, he realized that there was not going to, this year was not going to count against players. And, um, you, you know, now it's going to be 1700 players. Well, simple math tells you there's just not that many, there's not that many spots. Yeah. Uh, certain coaches are looking forward to it, have already mined it. Uh, you know, we've seen Kellen Grady from Davidson's going to Kentucky. Good for him. You know, that's great. He had a, he had a fine career there. I mean, there's going to be situations where it really works out. I just think players have to be careful because, uh, all these coaches, um, even co- coaches who normally take a targeted approach in recruiting and that they just pick four or five guys that they really want and kind of narrow it down and offer two or three of them, they're, they're casting a wide net because, let's face it, there's no home, in-home visits. There's no face-to-face evaluation, so everything's being done over Zoom or whatever. So they're casting a very wide net during their particulars, uh, you know, watching game film, talking to people that know them. And, and, and ultimately, they're going to, to offer, you know, they feel like they have time. They're going to offer the guys they think can help them well, well who's going to be left sitting out who thought you know they might be able to go up again um it, it's going to be tricky like uh, everybody just needs to find the best fit coach and player and uh i i don't think it's a bad thing the ncaa's done and i don't fault anyone for wanting to take advantage of it just uh i think you know once you once you say you're leaving that door may not be open when you when if you try to slip back in um, in a month or two. So uh, it'll be, I always like following the transfer portal because there's always uh, some guys who, who end up at the beginning of the year with, they didn't really have anywhere to go. I mean, it's just the reality of it. Ryan Mull, uh, we appreciate the hoops talk. Have fun at Augusta. We'll check in with you next week. Thanks, Patrick. Uh, look forward to, look forward to chatting. Thanks to Brian Mole for being with us. Hey, a reminder, it's always good to uh, see Coach Kraft in here uh, coming up on the 3rd, the Bill Carson Invitational. That's coming up this weekend, uh, and it gets underway in the morning out at the uh, track and field complex at uh, ECU. Great to see Coach Kraft as well. Good to see Brian Mole. Ben, no, you won't see me for a couple days. You'll miss me terribly, I know, but that's okay. I'll be back on Monday, God willing, on the Creek Don't Run. So. Some baseball, pirate baseball. They're pirate baseball, major league baseball. You're feeling good about your Mets? Who knows? No? Okay. They love to spend money. That's about they, all I can well, say. Well, I don't know if they're going to spend the money. They will spend the money. They're, they're, they're trying to. They're trying to. Trying to dish out $300 million contracts. They're trying to figure all that out. Uh, all right. So uh, thanks to uh, Ben as well. Squirrelbot, good to see you. Have a good Easter. And uh, we will be back uh, on Monday. Pirate baseball tomorrow at 4, Friday at 4, doubleheader Saturday. Have a great and safe Easter weekend, and we will break it all down for you Monday 
including preview the national championship game on the Patrick Johnson Show. <laughs>